going to go to the Bible as quickly as I can tonight and give you, I only have a thought. That's all God gave me. That's why when Pastor Brown started flowing, I said, well, maybe he got the message tonight. But I'm going to give you what I, what I hear the Lord is uh, dropped in my spirit. Go to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Uh, I promise you my reading may be longer than my message. But if you just share with me just for a few moments, we'll all go home together. Joshua chapter 14, verse 1. When you have it, say, I have the bread. And these are the countries which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of children of Israel distributed for an inheritance to them. By lot was their inheritance as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and for the half tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and a half tribe on the other side of Jordan. But unto the Levites he gave none inheritances among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Therefore they gave no part unto the Levites in the land save cities to dwell in with their suburbs for the cattle and for their substance. As the Lord commanded to Moses, so the children of Israel did and they divided the land. Now the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal. Then Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kizanite, said unto him, You know the thing the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, the people that were with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly, fully, I entirely followed the Lord thy God. And Moses swore unto that day, saying, surely the place where your feet landed is going to be your inheritance. I'm sorry, I got my own translation as I read your children forever because they entirely followed the Lord my God. Verse 10, and now behold the Lord has kept me alive. Mm. As he said these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spake the word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now lo, I am this day four score. I'm 85 years old. But listen what he says in verse 11. I'm just as strong today as I was in that day. I like people to like the Bible. <laughs> um, just as when Moses sent me, my strength was then. I'm strong now. I can fight. I can go out. And I can come in. I'll end with verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. I'm going to preach from the subject for a moment and you can sit down after you share it. But if you don't share it, you can't sit down. I want you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I still want it. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I still want it. It's been a long time coming, but I still Y'all I tell you, I ain't gonna preach long. Y'all just gotta help me. Scream down your word, tell them I still want it. I, I now I told you to say that that was easy to declare, but I want you to have a transparent moment. Tell them I don't deserve it, but I hey, hey, I still want it. I still want it. I still want it. 
the last time I uh, came to New Jersey a couple of weeks ago, I, I shared from the journey of the children of Israel surviving the wilderness, surviving the wilderness. And then that's kind of where I left it. I left it that they survived the wilderness. But how many of y'all realize that it is not God's plan just for us to survive? And that's kind of where we end up at. We end up at every week coming to church for a charge just so we can survive. But at some point, at some point, I want to go from believing for something to actually possessing something. At some point, I don't want to be just locked up in the idea. I want to see something come into fruition. Hallelujah. We keep on saying shout because he's about to do it. But sometimes I want to come back with some evidence and some receipts that said he he did it. He did it. He did it. And we become a culture of prayer requests. But you don't hear much about praise reports. Hallelujah. Every once in a while, we need to break down and just have good old testimony service. Hallelujah. We can skip the first giving honor to God because we just had praise and worship. Hallelujah. We had opening prayer and devotion. We can skip calling out all the preacher's name. Let one person do that. Establish protocol and we can skip all of that. Somebody just need to be able to get up and says, y'all remember two weeks ago I asked y'all to pray because I needed a job. Well, I want y'all to know Monday I got a call back. See, see, the Bible said we overcome, hallelujah, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because let me tell you something about testifying. Testifying is not just for the listeners. Testifying is also for the speakers. Every once in a while, you got to testify, rehearse your story to build your faith for what's next. Oh my God. I need you to push somebody, tell them this ain't my first time here. This ain't my first challenge. This ain't the first time I needed a financial breakthrough. This ain't the first time the enemy attacked my body. Many of the afflictions of the righteous talk to me in here. But the Lord, hallelujah, what will he do? What will he do? What, what will he do? He'll do I wish I had about 15 people would jump up and shout he's a delivering God he's a delivering he's a delivering God he's a delivering God he doesn't just keep you suspended he's a delivering God he don't just drop you off in the wilderness he's a delivering God he didn't bring me this far just to bring me this far hallelujah he's a delivering God I need somebody in here to witness I want to just witness to somebody in here that there comes a day where your faith becomes sight I'm talking about those who really believe there comes a day that what was in your head he'll put it in your hand I need about 30 people in this room that you've been working on something and you don't believe that after all the money that's been invested out of all the time that's been invested all of the energy that's been invested that you're going to come out of this empty handed I need you to scream at somebody tell them I still want it I still want it I still want it I still I still want it not dancing just to be dancing I got something on my mind hey hallelujah I'm not serving just to be serving. I got something on my mind. You looking at me, you think I'm a punk, you think I'm dumb because I'm still loving people who I should hate and because I'm still good to people who've done me dirty. No, I understand. I got a revelation that they meant evil toward me, but God is about to turn. That I need somebody just to get up and turn around and just sit back down and shout, he's turning, he's turning it, he's turning it. 
Oh, he started it. He started it. Tell somebody I'm in the middle of a turnaround. Everything hasn't changed yet. Everything hasn't manifested yet. But tell somebody I'm in the middle of it. God is doing something big. God is doing something great. And I'm right in the middle of it. Give myself seven minutes and I'm going to sit down. Y'all be seated. I'm right. In the, oh, sure. And the challenge is you can be in the middle of it and not know it. I said you can be in the middle of it and not know it. So uh, uh, tonight, uh, the protagonist or so the main character of this biblical narrative could be several people depend on which journey we want to take um, we could almost make it Moses but the only challenge with this we're in the book of Joshua and Moses is now off the scene glory be to God for all of you who are taking notes or you taking mental notes I want you to say this out of your mouth and declare this says even good things have to die You know, we're always talking about what we have to give up for the sake of the next. We always talk about what we have to walk away from for the sake of the next and who we have to walk away from. But most of the time when we talk about those things, we're talking about sin. And you giving up sin ain't even for your next. You giving up sin is for your eternity. Giving up sin, hallelujah, blesses you. If it's so hard for you all the wet time, the Bible says the way of the transgressor. It's hard. It's hard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To live right when you're still trying to do wrong. Hallelujah. When we say we have to give up people, we always talk about toxic people, abusive relationships, slanderous connections. But even good things must die. It's... That God himself will give you something and then turn around and require it from you. God will give you an idea. God will give you a vision and then tell you to lay it down. Whew, hallelujah. I, wanna, I want you to understand some of you in here, you think you have, uh, you think you have buried your ideas. You feel like you have buried your vision. I want you to know it's not buried, it's planted. Because unless a seed fall to the ground and die, mm, even good things have to experience death. Glory be to God. If, if, if it was always bad members that left, <laughs> we would just shout. But what happens when there's a good tither? They got a job in another city or they walked up to you and says, my season is up. And you have to deal with your own inward conflicts. And your own mental battle saying, am I not good enough? What did I do? What, did I, what could I have done differently? What aesthetics of the church is not comfortable for them? But even good things have to die. Glory be to God. And the only reason why some things turn bad is because we were not willing to let it go when it was good. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Good milk even has an expiration date on it. 
I'll never forget. I've been traveling. I, uh, Bruce Johnson was my organist. And uh, he, he didn't play the organ. He didn't know how to play the organ. He played the keyboard, what we call it in the South. He didn't know how to play the organ, but I needed an organist. And so he fooled around and he had played behind the other guys just fiddling around with the keyboard. And when, uh, when he came in to join the church, I said, I told him, I said, I don't hire musicians, but I'll be your pastor. It don't mean I won't compensate you, but I don't hire musicians. Because if I hire you, then I can't correct you. Don't y'all get tight on me in here. This is just the way I talk. We're hiring so many folk that after a while we become bosses and CNOs. See, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. Got many teachers, but not many fathers. Amen. Hallelujah. I know y'all play at different churches, but who is your pastor? Glory be to God. I know y'all worship leaders at five different places, but who is your pastor? Who calls you back in? Hallelujah. My God. I'm just talking the way I talk. I looked at Bruce. I said, listen, I'll be your pastor. And I told him, I said, come to the church on Monday. I said, I need you to get on the organ and learn how to play. play. And I'll be in my office and I come out. I said, I said uh-uh, uh-uh, do this, do this. Uh, now take it back to major. Don't shout us right here. We're going to worship right here. Take me to an anthem. Let me hear you play an anthem. And I kept doing that. I said, that ain't it. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Come up to E flat. You know, and we would go back and forth until Bruce learned my movements. You know, he learned my, he knew what song I was going to before I went there. He knew what the raising of my shoulder meant when I didn't even know I was raising my shoulder. I'm going somewhere with this. You know, he was not just my musician, but he drove me. I never had to worry about him uh, repeating a conversation I was having with another pastor or another church member while I was on the phone. Because there's some people who are gifted, but they're dangerous. There's some people who are skilled, but they don't have capacity. Talented, but no character and integrity. Yeah. And so he was a, he was a safe space. Well, he didn't ask me questions about what was going on. Hallelujah. He knew how to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He stayed in the church when I would fast and pray all night. He would stay right there just in case God gave me a song. But when I looked at him one day and I realized God was calling him the pastor. And the Lord spoke to me and says, if you love him, release him. Now, I didn't want to release him because I did love him. But there's another level of the test of love. My God, I'm talking to some parents in here. I'm talking to some parents in here. It comes a moment that if you love them, your love is not an expression of how you hold on to them. Sometimes your love is an expression how you release them. I I wanted to release him before God had to turn the relationship bad. See, I want y'all, some of you to get this revelation because you still are enemy to people you shouldn't be an enemy to. You still mad at some people you shouldn't be mad at to. When you get a revelation, you know what? It won't even them. It was God. God says, I'll turn people against one another because God is more committed to getting glory out of your life than you being comfortable. He'll take you through an ugly season called fall just to bring fruit out of you in the next season. Tell your neighbor, even good things have to die. When you get that revelation, you can see people from your past and be like, how you doing? 
and mean it. Not that fake church stuff. How you doing? Now, how, listen, I feel like, how's your mother doing? I'm talking about exes. Y'all not saying that to me. You, I ain't seen your mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. And I don't have to feel no kind of way because I realize that the way it happened, it had to happen because if it hadn't happened, I would have never left it. I, I said even good things have to die because good will keep you distracted from greater. And I'm down to four minutes and I done messed up. Even good things have to die. Moses dies. Moses. Moses dies. And now we are under a different administration. Moses dies, but we're, I need you to tell somebody, we're under another administration now. Hallelujah. We're not going to do away with the foundation, but we're going to build upon the foundation. Uh, that's for all of you who have still romanticized the past of the church you have romanticized what it used to be I'm not telling you to tear down the foundation but if all of your language is locked to the past you're going to miss out on what God is getting ready to do in the now and in the future I know what y'all say y'all it ain't the same since Bishop so and so died oh you should have been here when mother so and so was living I thank God for what mother so and so did and I thank God for the foundation that Bishop play but I cannot die where they die y'all not sending them in here there's some people who would rather stay in a church that Ichabod is written across the wall than to get up and go where God has them because they're still waiting for a dead man to come back alive but I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor God said next amen God said next. God said next. I mean, you out of lawyer. See, I'm lawyer. See, I'm lawyer. I don't know what God got me saying. I'm lawyer. I ain't going nowhere. I'm lawyer. But loyal to what? And loyal to who? Hey! Loyal to what? You're loyal to what was. Until what used to be a movement is now a monument. Y'all sit down because I'm past my time now. We under a different administration. Now, Joshua, you have a military prowess. You are a fighter. Moses was more had more of a prophetic administration. He spoke stuff. He held up rods. You don't see Moses getting down fighting. He's holding up rods. He's raising his hands. He's probably stand still and see the salvation. Be still and know he is God. Joshua is fighting. So you see, Moses has a more what prophetic administration, and Joshua has more of a military prowess. But you can't get pride for Joshua, considering that you're working your military ability because of your own history. Hear me. Joshua does not know how to fight because Joshua was trained to fight in Egypt. He knows how to fight because of Moses. Hear me. Hear my argument on this. There's no way Joshua would have ever been trained in military combat because Joshua was born a slave. And you don't teach your slaves how to fight. If you teach your slaves how to fight, they will rebel against you. Well, how then? 
how then does Joshua know how to fight? Because Joshua set up under the oil of Moses. Somebody said, uh-uh, hold on, but Moses wasn't a fighter. You said he was prophetic. Yes, he was prophetic, but he was trained. Hallelujah. Because although Moses was a Hebrew, he was trained in the house of the Egyptians. And there were some things he never had to use, but he was able to impart. Don't leave your father just because they don't have your gift. Just because you don't see them operating it don't mean they can't impart it. Your baby can have red hair and you and your husband don't. Because somebody can carry the gene. How? Hallelujah. I need you to scream at somebody and tell them I'm not here for the title. Tell them I'm not here for a position. Tell them I'm here for the transfer. Hey! here for the transfer. I'm here for the impartation. Scream at somebody. Tell them I still want it. I still want it. I still I messed up but I want it. I've been delayed but I want it. How? Yes. Scream at somebody. Tell them I still want it. Pass my time. So Joshua's operating in his military prowess. And Joshua said, Let's possess. That's Let's stop talking about it. Right. That's and, what he said. and they'll tell you if you ever work with me in ministry, I don't like long meetings. I don't like long meetings. I got to get up, I got to walk around. Because I'm going to tell you, this is why I don't like long meetings. Because I'm prophetic. And when you're a prophetic individual, when I say prophetic, I'm not talking about just being a prophet. You may have discerning of spirits. In other words, when you can hear not just what people are saying, but when you can hear the spirit behind what they're saying, you don't have the gift of being ignorant. So you hear them talking and you're like, la, 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 la. What you're really saying is that you can't serve it unless you're over it. See, I don't, I, 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 for, for example, those people who always raise their hand and says, what are we doing for the community? I mean, we need to get out here to the community. I mean, we having these church services like, okay, well, go in the community. Because if you go, then that means we win. Tell your neighbor, it won't about the community. There are some people who will sit in your church and wait for something to fail so they can be a hero. They won't help. They won't help the person who's over it. They won't help the youth department president. They will sit back and critique and analyze because it wasn't about the youth. I got a scripture for this. How in the world are y'all going to let her waste all that money on Jesus's feet? We could have took that money. We could have took that oil and sold it. And we could have fed a whole bunch of poor people. But y'all sitting there let her take that expensive perfume and putting it on Jesus' feet. And you would have thought Jesus was like, yes, yeah, she right. No, Jesus, re- Jesus rebuked him and says, well, the poor you will have among you always. Tell your neighbor, it wasn't about the poor people. He was the one holding the bag. And oftentimes the people who count the money feel like they own it. 
Not you. Amen. Just because you spend a lot of time in the church don't mean you own the church. Come on, somebody. And the Bible, the Bible says, they say, let's possess. Let's stop. Let's stop sitting around here. Keep talking about the same stuff. Another meeting and another meeting and another meeting. 40 years in the wilderness with a whole bunch of meetings. It ain't time yet. Wait till we get some more people. It ain't time yet. Wait till we get some more money. It ain't time yet. Let me tell you something. If you won't bless anybody and you won't tithe and if you won't give on the level you own, you ain't gonna give on the next level. If you struggle with paying tithes out of $500, God will not be able to trust you the tithe out of five million. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it starts right here. You got to do it on the level you're on. I kept prophesying and telling people one of these days I'm gonna give away a car. One of these days I'm gonna give it. I was telling it. And if y'all, if you read, oh, I didn't know I was gonna market my book tonight, but if you read in my book, uh, read in my book, well, there happened, I came a day. Well, I, I, God blessed me with a car, and the Lord blessed me with a car. I had another car in the yard. Young man walked up to my house one day. He said, hey, I see you got another car. I ain't trying to be nosy, but I just saw you got a new car, and I was wondering what you're going to do with your other car because my car broke down, and I got to get back and forth to work, and, uh, and, I, you know, and I need a car right now. I'm just paying somebody to take me every day. I said, oh, okay, well, I hadn't thought about selling it, but I said, maybe I will. Because in my mind, I wanted some new rims on the new car I had anyway. And so I said, well, come back and talk to me tomorrow. I shut the door and the Lord spoke to me and said, give it to him. And I said, oh, oh, no, some playing with my mind. God, is that you, God? And then that thing hit me. Would the devil tell you to give something away? And so I was sitting there like, I start, I start to really question that thing. I was like, well. What I do, I'll give it to him real cheap. See, some of us want the whole blessing with half obedience. You saying it didn't work, but did you do everything God told you to do? God told you to break it off from them, get away from them, and you talk about now we're friends. Do everything. And so I started to struggle and the Lord took me back to my prayer journal because I write, I write out so many of my prayers. I write out my prayers so I can see the journey of my, my spiritual maturity. And I looked in it and I remember the day Oprah Winfrey gave away cars. And I remember saying, I said, Lord, one day I want to be able to do that. But in my mind, it's when I get 10 cars, not why I got two. And the next day when that young man came to my house, see, in my mind, I says, you know, I got members of my church. To need a car I got members in my family that need a car now why would I give it to somebody I don't know and the Lord spoke to me and says this is going to reveal your motives because oftentimes we give to people we know to keep them obligated to us oh I mean have God I'm talking about with your church clothes on have God ever spoke to you and told you to give more hallelujah to the waitress that you plan to give Oh, no, no, I ain't giving her nothing. Look at her nasty spirit. You know the root word of gratuity is grace. That means as nasty as you were, I was going to give you $20. I'm now about to bless you with $40. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. 
so he says, so let's stop talking about it. Let's possess. So don't forget now, if you read in the scripture, this possession comes from dispossession. In order for them to possess, they must dispossess. Hallelujah. Now, it's a promised land. Now, look, I need you to tell the person beside you, tell them it's a promise, but you still got to fight for it. But you fight with the understanding that it belongs to you. You fight with the understanding that my, my, my victory is already secured. You don't fight like, will you please? I might, I might, uh-uh, no. You go into there saying, hire me because if I hire you, your whole company gonna be blessed. If you hire me, I'm gonna shift the economic status. Your sales are gonna go through the roof. Stop walking into spaces like you asking for permission. You dispossess that you may possess. And now, there's a land deed, so I'm not going to debate, debate with y'all over the Palestinian-Israeli conflict uh, that, that's been going on for generations. What I will say is that there's a deed in the scripture. That's, that's all I'm going to say. The deed is in the scripture. It's in the scripture. No matter how you feel about it, the deed is in the scripture. It's a car. This is your property. Zebulun, this is your property. Yeah, hallelujah. Benjamin, this is your property. It's in the scripture. Ephraim, this is your this is your property. Judah, this is your property. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's it, Manasseh. Half of y'all over here, east of the joy. The other half, y'all on the y'all read the scripture on the west side of joy. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zebulun, Nephtali, this is your property. Levi, no, 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 no. And this is your property. This is your Levi. No, no. Simeon, this is your property. Hey, Levi, no, don't worry about it. And this is the hard thing. Everybody want to be a Levite when it comes to playing instruments. Everybody want to be a Levite when it comes to being a liturgical dancer. Everybody want to be a Levite when it comes to priesthood. But nobody wants to be a Levite when you realize that you don't get to own nothing. Hey, hallelujah. Did you realize when everybody else is doing what they want to do, living where they want to live, he said to the Levites, the Lord is your inheritance. Hallelujah. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't get to choose for myself. Come on, talk to me, Levites. Talk to me. Where everybody else is talking about their options and what they don't have to deal with and where they don't have to go. To the Levites. My God. To the Levites, the Lord is your inheritance. Hallelujah. 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 You belong to nobody. Because your responsibility is everybody. You are Levi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't you don't get to quit because people don't like you. You don't get to walk away because the people don't respond when you sing. No, you got to serve them even when they don't like you. You got to serve them even when serving them is hurting you. Well, what do I get? The Lord. The Lord is your inheritance. Go in and possess. Now, this is the thing about it. And I'll, and I'll try to close right here then. This is the thing about it. When you go in. Oh! Sorry. When you go in. Manessa said, oh, this is our land? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-uh-uh-uh. What y'all doing? You said this is our land. Yeah, this is your land. But everybody else ain't got to settle first. Hold on. 
I still got to go across the yes because you can't settle until everybody settle. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm not just praising for me. Tell him, I want you to have everything God has for you. Ooh, hallelujah. 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 I want you to speak out your pastor's name out of your mouth. Speak your pastor's name. What's your pastor's name? Now I want you to open up your mouth and shout for God to give your pastor everything. I said shout today. Oh, give it to him. Let him live long. Give it to him. Let him be healed and whole. Give it to him. Let them prosper. Give it to him. Give him revelation. Give it to him. Moses and it seems like I would make it Joshua the main protagonist the main character but for the sake of my message tonight I'm moving away from Joshua although I introduced the exit of Moses and the introduction of of Joshua with his military prowess the the protagonist tonight I want to preach about as I close is Caleb Caleb, Caleb, uh, uh, the only one of two people who were the original that came out of Egypt and are still alive at the end of the wandering. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, if you're still alive after everything you went through, tell them, evidently there's something God want to do for you. If you was going to die, you should have died two years ago. If you were going to die, you should have died in the pandemic. Oh, but I believe God. He let me live. Tell somebody, he let me live. I didn't dot every eye. I didn't cross every T. But tell your neighbor, he let me live. To be in the service one more time. And because of that revelation, I, I, I don't want to wait to the praise team. I don't have to wait for the organist that I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And I enter his courts with praise. I'm thankful. him and bless his name let me give you a reason for the lord is good we were born around in circles but he kept my clothes together the lord is good i was in my cycle but my shoes didn't wear out the lord is good we didn't sow so we had nothing to reap but every morning when we got up what is this came manna manna from heaven tell your neighbor down through the years oh y'all gotta say it right come on tell them down through the years the lord has been good to me when we needed water while we were in the wilderness he said to Moses go over there and speak to the rock and out of the rock came water tell your neighbor down through the years 
The Lord has been good to me. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. So, looks back and wonder how I got over. I don't know how we did it, but I know who did it. It was Jesus in the wilderness. He was the bread. Jesus, he was the water. Jesus, he was a cloud. Bad and fire by night. Lay hands on somebody's shoulder. Huh? Tell him it was Jesus the whole time. He was leading. He was guiding. I, I didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't know how I was going to come through. But the whole time, it was Jesus. Testify to somebody. Tell him I can't take the credit. Can't take the credit. Don't give me the glory. Don't give me the honor. Cause I was feeling my way through the dark, singing the song. Guide me, oh thou great Jehovah pilgrim through this barren land. They call me strong. Weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me. Anybody had to pray? Hold me with that powerful hand. Scream at somebody. Said it was Jesus the whole time. You saw me standing while my family was going through. It was Jesus. You thought I had more money than what I really had. It was Jesus. The only way I was able to, to close the casket. The only way I didn't lose my mind when I lost my loved one. Tell somebody, it was Jesus. I've been through this the whole time. And I survived the first administration. See, some of y'all just coming on the scene and I'm not judging you. Just record this message and listen to it in the future. This message is not for you to just start it. This message is for those who survived the first administration. You, you knew Moses. You served Moses. You served the generation that was in front of you and the generation behind you. And now they're gone. And then the sons have become fathers. And the daughters have become mothers. And there were some things that while you were serving there were promises and prophecies and some of the people who even gave you the prophecies they're not even living anymore I'm talking about the people who prayed you through 
They're not here anymore. And all you got is what they said and the dream they had. I saw you in a dream. I saw you in a dream. And now you're in this in-between time that makes you wonder, did you hear what you thought you heard? And maybe it was just their good intentions because they liked you. But Caleb said, Moses said, because I served, wherever my foot landed on, he said, when we come, in, when we come into the promise, I can have it. 45 years later. Moses is dead. This is what Caleb said. He says, my mother and my father are dead. A whole generation is gone. He said, Joshua, give me my mountain. What is he said? Time has gone by and I still want it. So, so tonight, 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 maybe I'm not just preaching to, to your head. And I'm not just preaching to your hands and the movement of your feet. Tonight, I am praying and speaking to your faith. Because anybody can believe when the promise was given and it's 24 hours later. But what happened when the promise was given in Malachi that the son of righteousness would rise with healing in his wings and then all of a sudden there are 400 years of silence. I'm going to ask you to do something if you can. If you got enough faith for it. Can you worship in God's silence? Come Can you worship without any more directives? Ooh. Not understanding. Not having all my answers. But if he haven't said anything different, that means he hasn't changed his mind. Come on, I lift up your hands and open up your mouth in this room. This is for your faith. The Bible says in and Jude 1 and 20 says building up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost everybody in this room that got a prayer language if you ain't got to work it up just open up your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost it's for your faith the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God I pray today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've been expanded and increased and you've been given the desire to walk even closer to God if you've really been blessed by today's message, I want you to consider partnering with me that I can continue to get our quality content, inspirational, motivational, and gospel messages because we know it's through the foolishness of preaching that souls are saved. When you partner with us, you're helping us spread the word of God, not just domestically, but internationally all over the world. And so remember today as you sow, that even though the money or the gift may leave your hand, it will never leave your life because you're partnering with something that's greater than you. 
We want to hear from you. If you've been blessed by our ministry, we'd like to get your messages. Send us an email. Uh, follow us on social media. And take this opportunity to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Remember, I know what it feels like to cry till you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up 